Well, good morning. Again, we'll try again. Uh, how's, uh, how you, how's everybody doing? So, occasionally I often have asked congregations in the past, not every Sunday, but I would say, how's your worship? Oh, wow. Okay. So, how's your worship? You don't have to yell out. It Maybe they're doing great, but uh, anyway, you know, it's like I said in the beginning, you know, when we come, it's, it's about our spirit connecting with the spirit of god and uh you know worship is uh, according to to jesus himself is is true worship is is offered in up in, in spirit and in love and again it's when our spirit connects with the spirit of god it can be it's just an amazing amazing thing well our attendance is going to be down by about 10 percent today because most of my family is not here <laughs> so uh so you can be in prayer for for lisa as she's dealing with we've got a sick one and uh, when you live so many people with so many people in close quarters it's probably good and so you can thank us later for not exposing you to those germs uh but, but anyway but one that was a little sick yesterday jude was a little sick so we will uh, hopefully that he will be recovering and doesn't get any worse he did have a nice birthday thank you uh, we, he was it's kind of interesting because he, we, his birthday was actually wednesday but we had a party planned yesterday and some friends and family were coming over to have some cake and ice cream you know typical stuff and and throughout the day he started oh my throat hurts my throat hurts and lisa's like well okay i, I better call and tell everybody about your throat hurting because i want them you know if you're bringing kids to know okay there's there may be a germ here so at least give them the warning and then they can decide whether they're coming or not and jude's like oh wait my throat doesn't hurt anymore <laughs> i don't have a headache anymore so it was like miraculous healing uh, but we did, and actually everybody did come over and brought their kids for a little bit. So we got some cake and ice cream, and, and the most important thing is we got presents. So it was all good. Our focal passage this morning will be from Romans chapter 6. Uh, we'll be looking at verses 16 through 18 here in just a few moments. Now today we're going to be finishing up this series we started a couple of weeks ago called The Basics of Life, uh, hence the, the song, once we get the right chord to start it on anyway, but you know The Basics of life. We need to get back to the basics of life. And I think we as a whole, meaning us as the Christian community, you know, we as Christians, we are we can't help but live in a world, right? This is the world we're born into. But the scripture calls us, God's word tells us that we might be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Now, you know the difference? You know the distinction. You know, we, we are born, we have these physical bodies, and we look just like everybody else. But that doesn't mean that we are like everyone else. And, and the key is, when someone gets to know you, when they meet you, when they find out about you, they realize that there's something different about you. Meaning that you are in the world, you look like most everybody else in some way or another, but you're not of the world. And I think what's happened is we as Christians get sucked into what the world says is okay. What does culture uh, say is acceptable? What is an acceptable lifestyle? What is an acceptable way of living? And culture says these things. But we have to go back to the basics of life. And that all comes from God's Word. What does God's Word have to say about it? Because He is the ultimate authority. I mean, He's the creator of everything, right? You know, He is the creator of the world, so wouldn't, doesn't He get final say? Uh, but, but we go back to God's Word. And what does God's Word have to say about these things? So, um, again, we started off a couple of weeks ago with the B and the A of basics. And we talked about what it means to, to believe, to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. 
and accept him as Lord and life, the B and the A. And then last week we talked about being submitted to God's word, and then the I infuse, and kind of a weird-sounding word there, but basically to be infused is to have God become a part of us, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have that power to tap into uh, to being holy as God is holy, just as he tells us in his word. So today, the last two letters are we want to focus on is the C and the S. Let's take a look at this focal passage from today, Romans six sixteen through 18. It says this, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. So we have a choice to make, don't we? But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. See, we all have a choice to make, and we're all going to be a slave to something. I hope this morning that when we walk away, we choose to be slaves to the better, and that is a slave to the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've called us out to be. Lord, help us this morning to uh, kind of evaluate where we are, to, to really take a deep look inside of us and, and ask the tough questions. Are we truly committing to you? Are we truly submitting who you are, to your will, and are we truly trying to live a life that is um, evident to others that we are not above this world, that our home is somewhere else, but that we love and share the good news of Jesus Christ, and that becomes a part of who we are, that becomes a part of our DNA and becomes a part of our makeup. Lord, help us this morning again to examine our hearts so that we might walk out of here feeling a little bit better because we have chosen to commit ourselves fully to your service. And it's in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Well, the C in basics stands for commit. And so that word commit can come from a negative sense. We think about commit, so I hope you're not thinking about it negatively. I mean, even all throughout Scripture, we find that there are passages about sins being committed. We read of people who commit murder or commit adultery or commit lewdness of some kind. But we want to focus on commit in a positive sense today. Uh, Commit can be defined as to do or perform. So a better understanding for our usage for today is to pledge or obligate oneself. Think about that for a moment, to pledge or obligate oneself. So again, we have a choice to make. Have you chosen to pledge or obligate yourself to the service of our Lord and Savior, to live a life set apart, sanctified, set apart for God's glory? You know, we can commit ourselves to many good things. We can commit to marriage, and of course that's hopefully done out of love. We can commit to a project. We can support a cause, a worthy venture. And we can commit ourselves to the best thing, and that is commit ourselves to the service of our Lord and Savior. But if we're going to commit ourselves to something, that means that we have to have uh, in in today's term, I think uh, a good one to use is, is a buy-in. We have to have a, a buy-in. In other words, we have to ask ourselves, are we totally sold out? A few weeks back, I talked about being a sold-out believer. And, and if you're in the music industry, and you're, you know, that, that term can be negative, but we want to think about it as a positive sense, and, and that some bands would look at another band who, who says, well, they sold out because they got a corporate sponsorship, and now they're, all the people with the money are telling them what to do, and they don't 
live to their principles or whatever. Um, well, if uh, you don't follow the money, sometimes nobody's going to hear you anyway, right? So, but anyway, that term sellout can often have a negative uh, connotation. But I want to think of it again, that, that idea of being a sold-out believer. In other words, ourselves. We take ourselves and our fleshly desires, our fleshly wants, and we set those aside for something that's greater and something that's better. And that is the desire to be committed to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, that term buy-in, I'm going to go back to that for a second. And, you know, um, several years ago, I had opportunity, actually in, in 2006, I had an opportunity to, to interview someone that you may have heard of. Anybody ever heard of a guy named Tony Dungy? Okay, this guy right here, this picture up here, Coach Dungy was at the time head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And I had an opportunity to interview him in December 2006. And it was interesting for me because I was, I was working on a project for school and, um, you know, he, he talked to me like he was like I was the newscaster from Channel 8 up there in Indianapolis or whatever. It didn't really make any difference, but he, he was a genuine down-to-earth guy, and he spoke to me just like he would speak to anyone. And, and from one of the things that I got now, Tony Dungy is a Christian, and he's actually written several really good books about, about leadership, about being a man of God. And uh, in, in talking to me, I, I could tell just in the little bit of time that I got to spend with him uh, just how important this mentality was to him that it was you know family and all of those things but but he said one of the things that had helped him be successful with the Indianapolis Colts uh, was that when he came in he basically gave these guys a choice and they could either buy in to his way of doing things or not I noticed from the time that I used to live in Columbus, Indiana, and of course all of the news came out of Indianapolis. And one of the interesting things about the Colts, while Tony Dungy was there as head coach, is that you really rarely ever heard of any of the Colts players getting in trouble. Now, if you heard some athlete getting in trouble, it was usually somebody from the Pacers, the basketball team. You know, it usually wasn't the Colts. As a matter of fact, just before I, I left Columbus and moved from there, they had a, the Colts had a, a running back, a guy named Dominic Rhodes, and he had ended up in the news for getting a DUI. Interestingly enough, he then got traded and sent somewhere else shortly thereafter. But, but Tony Dungy was a man of integrity, a man of character, and he said if they bought into his way of doing things, that they would be successful. Interestingly enough, they'd had a great year that season. That was December 2016, Super Bowl 2017. Guess who the winner was? Okay, come on, I just threw you, I threw that one out there. That was a lob, and you should have hit that one over the fence, and you hesitated. And now you've struck out. Okay, that was, come on, if I lob one out there, you've got to take it. Go for the fence. Uh, yeah, the Colts went ahead and won the Super Bowl. And, uh, of course, there were some guys around um, Columbus that were telling me, he's like, well, you better go back and interview him again next year, because we would like another Super Bowl next year, but um, I really don't think it had anything to do with me, but it was, it was a really great interview, and I appreciated him taking the time to talk to me, but you know, that mentality has helped other industry leaders when people come in and with, with big companies, and they want to change something or, or do something to be successful. They have a vision, and, and the idea is to get everyone to buy into that vision so that uh, they can all follow the same plan, so everybody's not going over here and over here and over there. You know, as Christians, we need to make sure that we buy in to what God's telling us in His Scripture. To be totally committed, we have to have this buy-in. And this basic understanding, you know, we believe in a triune God, that is, 
a big word for God, one God in three persons. We're not talking about three gods, it's one God, three persons. Last week I talked a little bit about the Trinity and what that meant. It's one God, three different aspects of one God. But we accept that we are in need of the Savior, the Savior, that being the second aspect of God, the Son, Jesus Christ, and that we are uh, to submit to His will. And then, and then is when we are infused with the Holy Spirit, that third person of God, the Holy Spirit that comes to dwell within us. To be fully committed, that means the next step that we are to commit to uh, a doing life according to Him. You know, and we need to ask ourselves, does God get the glory for us or, or for all things that we do? Right, does God get the glory for all aspects of our lives? Are we truly living to please Him or are we living to please ourselves? You see, commitment to God is a 24-7 commitment. This is not a get-up-on-Sunday-morning kind of commitment. I'm afraid, though, that many Christians today have, have taken this idea of being committed to Christ as being, a, well, I'll get up and I'll go to church on Sunday morning because, right, I had to get up out of bed anyway. Especially as the weather gets colder, it may get harder to leave that warm bed to get up and get ready to, to go to church. But we're talking about a 24-7 commitment, not just on Sundays. Proverbs 16, verses 2 and 3 says this, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. When you get up out of bed, your feet hit the floor. What's one of the first things that you think about? Other than, man, i got to get to the bathroom. <laughs> After that's done, then, you know, what are some of the things that you begin thinking about as you begin your day? I know that some of you think, well, as soon as I get coffee, then... Okay, which makes no sense. We go to the bathroom and then we get coffee, right? And then we have to go out there again later. I don't get it. But I hopefully at some point in your morning as you begin your day, you're beginning to focus. You're beginning to think, what is, how can I serve the Lord today? Again, all of our ways, everything we think, everything we say, and everything we do, God is weighing it all. And He's weighing the Spirit within which we think and which we say. And which we do. You know, the thing is, is, I think that sometimes along the way, we as Christians adopt some of the mentalities of the world. We adopt some of the ways of the world and, and we begin to mingle them or commingle them with our ways of godly thinking. And sometimes we might try to justify something that we do as God worthy. But you see, God knows us from the inside out. The reality is, we may simply be self justifying. We're trying to make ourselves feel good about something that if we're truly thinking about it, we we'll probably realize that this isn't necessarily pleasing to God. You know, it, again, it boils down to who are we serving and why are we doing it? Everything we think, everything we say, everything we do, none of it is hidden from God. Anybody think that they can hide anything from God, you know? God knows us inside out. And we talked about that before, about how he knows us down to the hair on our heads, really down to the subatomic level. As I was thinking about this, I thought about, you know, just a lot of habits that we as Christians develop. And sometimes we, we come across habits that we begin to develop that are, yeah, maybe they're questionable. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And, and it just becomes a way of life. And sometimes we might do it without even truly thinking about it. 
But when we really think about it and, and we compare it to what God's Word has to say, you know, how does that stack up? So I was looking through some, some online articles, and actually I found an article from the Huffington Post, not exactly a godly organization. But anyway, in there, there was an article by someone, and it was Christians being comfortable with cussing. I was like, what? So, of course, I had to check it out. But as I read this, you know, and I should know better, because most of the time I read these things, I just get angry. I'm like, what? What are you trying to say? As I read through the article, you know, he started off, this person started off making some, you know, some valid points about where where this, where his, his past, and that led to the way of thinking. However, the further I got into it, what I realized is this guy seemed to be, in my opinion, was very immature as a Christian, spiritually wasn't very deep, didn't know his Bible very well. And on top of that, every argument that he came up with, to me, was self-justifying and pretty moronic as well. Um, it, It made no sense. No sense whatsoever. And the main thing that I got out of it all for him, it was simply self-justification for him to keep doing the way that do things that he'd been doing and say the things that he'd been saying and making it okay before God. But I'm going to tell you, I don't see it that way. Anything that goes against what God's word has to say doesn't change because we don't like it. I saw a meme the other day. It says, if the Bible says it's sin, your opinion really doesn't matter. Think about that for a moment. I mean, if God's Word is very clear on what is expected to, for us to live, or, or the ways that we are to live as Christians, then what we try to self-justify really doesn't matter. It all comes back to what God's Word has to say. And, and that's just one example. And there are lots of behaviors out there that people have accepted or adopted. Christians, good people who, who have great hearts and really want to serve the Lord, but they've got this peace over here that they've let slip into uh, their, their lifestyle and their minds. Again, it could be something they think, something they say, something they do. And they've let that in for whatever reason they've now begun to self-justify. But we've got to say, are we committing all aspects of our lives to God? Are we giving everything that we have to God? Are we giving our personal relationships to God? Our marriage, are our marriages godly? Are our relationships godly? Hebrews 13, 4 says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. You know, and, and we talk about a marriage being honored. It's not just in sexual terms, but it's about honoring each other. It's about respecting each other. I mean, if you treat your spouse worse than you treat the dog, there's a problem. You think about that for a moment. And then are we seeking to honor God in our, in our parenting? Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've met some really good people whose mentality about raising their kids was pretty hippie-ish, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, we'll let them grow up and they'll do their own thing. And you know, We don't want to you know, spoil them and, and make them make them think that this has to be this way. We want them to experience the world on their own, you know. Um, Well, parents, we've got a responsibility to train up our child in the ways of the Lord. Now, ultimately, it comes down to their decision. Are they going to accept that training? Are they going to follow Christ? And at some point, our kids become adults, and we have to let them decide who are they going to follow, what's going to be uh, a priority in their life. I saw a, a comedian, a Christian comedian the other day, and she was talking about she had three daughters, and the, the youngest one was in college. The two, I think, 
or maybe two were still in college, and the oldest one had been married. So they're all 20-plus. And she was talking about her daughters and how great they were. But she said, you know, she's this and this and this, and then, and she is mean. And it's like, I can't where that come from. And basically, she was saying, because I think God does that because the older they get, the more meaner they get. And see, that way, when they leave, we don't feel about, so bad about them going. But hopefully in that meanness, they still come back to God. They come back to know because we have trained them up in the ways of the Lord. So all of our relationships, you know, are we honoring if you're, maybe you're not married, but maybe you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, are, you, are we honoring, the, honoring those kinds of relationships? And what about our parents? Are we honoring our parents? Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Now, don't, if you have little ones, don't tell me you've never pulled out scripture on your kids, right? It says right there in the Bible, honor your mother and father. You're not honoring me right now. You ever done that? I have. What about your work relationships? What about playtime relationships? Again, all of our relationships should be honoring of God. Our commitments reveal who we are. Our commitment to Christ has to be that top priority. And we've got to put him above everything else. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your body, all your mind, and all your soul. That pretty much doesn't leave much else to it, does it? I mean, heart, body, mind, soul, that's pretty much everything about us, right? So are we truly loving God with all that we've got? Each and every part and piece of us. You see, God should get the glory in all things when we put him first in everything. So are we doing that? Are we putting Christ at the center of everything you do and everything you are about? You know, to me, that's what commitment means. It's about serving God. And it's about serving God first. Our culture, as you know, is very self-serving. And it's easy to put ourselves even before our family. But certainly, it be- can become very easy to put ourselves before God. And maybe it's not in everything we do. But I believe to be fully committed, we are to give him our all. You know, God loves us with everything that he has. He never forsakes us, never leaves us. And the Bible is very clear to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your body, all your mind, all your soul. Give him everything you've got. And then the S from basics. We've got the C for commit and the S then is for sacrifice. Sacrifice is about giving up something. You know, God has always required sacrifice. You can go all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to Genesis with Adam and Eve, and you find out that they were required to offer up sacrifices. It was the part of the law. God required that sacrifice, and although we usually think of sacrifices in the Old Testament as being an animal sacrifice, it also could be a grain or a fruit offering as well. Fast forward to the Old Testament, we know that Jesus gave his life. Jesus lived and served. And then at the end of his very short ministry on this earth, he, he sacrificed. He paid it all. He became the sacrifice for all people. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now stop and think about that for a moment. If Christ gave himself up for us, literally he knew the law, he knew what was required, and he became the once and for all perfect sacrifice, so perfect that his sacrifice meant that those who are followers of Christ now no longer had to follow the law as it had been, 
But everything changed. It transformed. It became something very different. Now it wasn't a matter of taking the best of your flock and offering it up as a sacrifice at the temple. Now it was sacrificing your fleshly self to follow Christ. That's the sacrifice. If Christ laid down his life for us, how can we be better imitators of God? says we walk in love. Christ loved us. He gave himself up for us. Are we sacrificing ourselves, our fleshly selves, so that we might walk in love so that God gets the glory? Have you offered your sacrifice? You see, sacrifice becomes a way of life. Are you living 100% for God? Because the thing is, if we're living 100% for God, it means that, that we have given God all of us. And there might be some things that we have in our lives that we still need to lay down at the altar, so to speak. Some things that we need to give up. Now, one of those things that we often think of as as a sacrifice is our givings, our, our tithes and our offerings. And that is a sacrifice because, obviously, if we give money to, uh, to the service of God in the church, that money could be used for something else, right? So that's a, a sacrifice. But that's just one thing. Time, you know, it takes time to serve. It takes time to be in ministry. And time in service is a sacrifice. You know, you gave up your Sunday morning, whatever you might would have done on a Sunday morning. You got out of bed. Maybe you gave up some family time. Some of you had to get up and put clothes on, right? Because you would just as soon lay around in your robe all day and right, watch football. Um, you gave up something else. You got up, you got ready, you got dressed, you came out. Some of you had to give up time in the cold, right? Because it was cold this morning. To scrape some frost off the windshield. Serving the Lord in whatever capacity you're called to do requires some time. And so part of that time is not just about coming to church on a Sunday, but it's time in study. It's about setting some time aside to take a look at God's Word. It's about setting some time aside to be in prayer. It's about setting some time aside to be in fasting. What other, other spiritual disciplines we might be involved in? All of those things require time. Maybe God's calling you to sacrifice something else. Maybe there's something else that you have been doing, that you enjoy doing, you love doing, and maybe there's nothing wrong with it, but it may have become so, it may be eating up your time, and it's so uh, big that there's no time for anything else. You know, there's a new streaming service started this past week. Anybody out there uh, had checked out the Disney Plus (laughs) streaming service yet? And a few who admit it. Yeah. I'm one of those. Not so much because of the Disney movies. I'm really more about the Marvel and the Star Wars movies that are now out there. And I uh, recently discovered that you know, when I actually sit down and watch the animated Star Wars Rebels series, that I think I kind of like that. And so, you know, I've, so it would be really easy for me to, because there are four seasons, you know. <laughs> And I could, cause, and I haven't, a bits and pieces here and there, but I think it was when it came on, I really wasn't even aware of it at the time. So it would be really easy for me to sit down and, and just take my day and watch episode after episode after episode after episode. See, there's not necessarily anything wrong 
with watching a show, but when we become so obsessed with that new release or whatever it is on Disney or Netflix or whatever streaming service you're watching, and it can, we can become so obsessed with And now, how many of you have ever done some binge watching? Anybody actually admit to that? Then we could stop and think, okay, how much time do we actually spend watching that show? And it was a good show, and I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, how much time have we actually spent studying God's Word this week? How much time have we actually spent in prayer? How much time have we actually spent giving God some thought and working on developing our own spiritual life? Again, I'm not saying don't ever binge watch or anything like that. What I'm saying is we need to make sure that there's balance in our lives and making sure that, that maybe the sacrifice is we don't binge watch Star Wars Rebels this week because we just do it, try to do it one episode at a time so there's time for something else. Whatever your favorite show is, whatever it is. Uh, so, so maybe that's the other thing. And we have to ask ourselves as we give, and again, I'm not talking about just financially, but as we're giving to God, We can be a good giver or we can be a not-so-good giver. We can go all the way back to Genesis and we find out about this. And you need to ask yourself, are you a Cain giver or an Abel giver? You know what I mean by that? In the story of Adam and Eve, we find out that they have two sons, Cain and Abel, the firstborn sons in the world. And as they grew and as they began to develop their own uh, career paths, so to speak, if you remember, one was, uh, you know, tended animals, had livestock, the other was growing things, the farmer was, was growing crops. And when sacrifice time came, Abel came and he offered the best he had to offer. Cain brought a sacrifice too. He brought an offering too. But you see, he didn't bring the best. And so God looked down and, and God took notice. Remember, we can't hide everything for God. And so God noticed and, and he looked down and he saw what Abel had brought and that he brought the best and he recognized that Cain became jealous and he killed his brother out of jealousy all because he chose not to give of his best so that's what I mean by are you a Cain giver or are you an able giver if you've committed your life to being a follower of God then we have to ask if our sacrifice is pleasing kind of in that Cain versus Abel giving, there's a, there's a Matthew West song, and we did a Christopher Matthew West song today, but there's a, a Matthew West song that's a, a few years older than that one. It's actually called Motions. Anybody ever know that song by chance? If you know that song, there's a line in it where he says, I threw a 20 in the plate, but I never give till it hurts. Think about that. Maybe a 20 is all you've got, but maybe the 20 is just a mere tiny bit what you really could give. So think about that. And again, it, we're not talking about just financially, but if our attitude of giving is that, we just throw something, it's almost like an appeasement. Ah, here you go. I'll give a little something. And that's really not for God as much as it is for us to make ourselves feel a little bit better. We gave a little something. I, I gave a little something, right? Romans 12.1 then says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. How much do we owe God? Everything. We owe Him everything. So how much are we giving back in return? Because we think about what He has done for us, what He has done to pave the way. God loves us so much. 
you know, as a parent, we can all think of, if you're a parent, you can probably all think of a time when you had a kid that just didn't listen, did their own thing. Maybe they're very young. If you're an older parent, maybe you've got older kids and, and you see them as they grow up and become adults and you, you really want them to make a decision and you really want to guide them, but, but you know they've, they've got to make their own decisions. They've got to make their own way. With younger ones and, and you know, with kids, and there's a lot of them in my house. Um, with, with kids, I'm, I'm learning that every kid is, I mean, I knew this because, you know, I'd, I'd had, had two of my own from before and, and Bryce and Braden, and they're both very different in how you approach them and how they approach things. Um, but with having so many people, it's amazing how many different personality types there are that come out. And, uh, and Oliver, he's the eight-year-old, and, and he is, he, I gave him a nickname. And, uh, and Lisa is like, well, we don't want to give them nicknames because we don't want to label them. But even she laughed at this one. It's Lieutenant Loophole. Because he, no matter what you tell, he's, he will try to figure a way around so he can do what he wants to do, you know, but still kind of skirt the issue and stay within the confines that you've just laid out there. So what I've learned with, and, and Oliver's a good one at this, and I bring him up, is that, that when you want him to do something, or there's something he needs to think about doing differently, is you try to, you know, always try to encourage kids so that they can kind of think through and reason things on their own. So it's like, well, it's an example. You know, it's, it's really cold outside. I would suggest that you wear a coat. Okay, thanks. I'm going out with that one anyway. That, that's kind of the mentality. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to think in my own. And you, you want sort of a saying, stop right there. Now put your coat on before you go out. And, and that's, uh, that's just one example. But I think, you know, as, as a parent, we want, to, we want to help our kids make good decisions. And so we don't, maybe don't always tell them exactly what to do. You know, I think that's how God is with us. God's saying, here's what you're supposed to do. I love you so much, though, that I want you to grow up and be your own person. I want you to grow up and be able to make those kinds of positive decisions, those good decisions. But yet, like Oliver, sometimes we find the loophole. Sometimes we find the way around, or sometimes we find some kind of self-justification to do what we want. But God loves us so much. He wants to give us that option. I mean, think about it this way. If, if God made us love him and made us serve him, is that really love? I don't see it that way. You know, to me, love is saying, I love you so much that you, you get to choose. But I hope you love me so much that you will choose me. I hope that you will always choose me. We owe him our everything. When we come to worship or when we worship Him, and I, hope that, and I hope that you know that worship doesn't just take place here on Sunday morning, that you have an opportunity to worship wherever you are in whatever way you feel. In music, I love music, so music is huge for me in, in helping me worship as an avenue for worship. But worship is, is listening to music and thinking about godly things. It's meditating on His Word. It's praying. It's, it's just pondering God's goodness. All of those things are worship. But that means offering our whole selves over to him completely. There's this progressive transformation of renewal and commitment that can take place in us when we offer ourselves to God to be fully committed and to fully sacrifice ourselves where we say, God, I love you and I want you to rule over me. I want you to be Lord of my life because I know that you will watch over me with your grace and with your mercy. And again, aren't we thankful for his grace? 
and his mercy. You know, grace means unmerited favor. That means something that we get that we don't deserve. And aren't we all glad that we don't get what we deserve? Because you know what we deserve, right? According to God's will, according to who God is. You know, and if God is the measuring stick and he is perfect, and none of us, you know, if God's up here, none of us can even get anywhere close because we are not perfect. But if he's the measuring stick and the idea is that we are to be perfect and anything less than perfect, the end result, according to God's word, is eternal separation and damnation from him for all time. So that's what we deserve. Now, y'all are good people. Most of you are. I don't know you well enough to say about the rest, but I'm guessing that we're probably all pretty good people in here. We're good people. There are lots of great people. But the only way to be great in God's eyes is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you've never given your lives to Jesus Christ, you know, get it it together and come talk to me. You can make that happen today. But that's the only way we achieve perfection. It's not because of anything we did. It's only because of God's grace and his mercy that he lays out there before us that we can come to know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. But that's where it starts. Then once we've accepted Christ, then the idea is that we seek to honor and love God and live for him. And it's not about so we can say, hey, I'm doing a great job and pat ourselves on the back. It's about so we can share that love with other people and show that we can share the good news, which is the greatest love of all, with other people so that they too might come to that decision and, and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Because the idea, it's about building the kingdom. And that starts with us being committed to serving God so that we can love Him and serve Him by serving others. Kind of an interesting concept, isn't it? Uh, it certainly flies in the face of what our culture talks about, about being serving and about serving other people. God, I love you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to wash over me with your grace and your mercy. Well, this morning as we bring our series to a conclusion here, I hope that you have had an opportunity to think about your own personal life. And and really, it's about that time of self-examination. It's about that time for you to take a look deep down inside and say, you know, again, we're all good people. I know you're good or else you wouldn't be here. At least you have this idea of being good. But, but d- deep down inside, is there a part of me that I haven't let go of? Is there a part of me that, that I still want to hold on to and I still want to rule over? Or is there something that we need to let go and let God take over, let God rule over that section of our lives as well? God wants all of us, all of us in love with all of Him. So this morning as we, as we come to the end, I'm going I'm to pray over us. But then um, I think Joette and Rick are going to come up and, and we're going to play some music. But while that's going on, if you um, are here and, and you realize that you, you need to kind of recommit yourself to this idea of, of getting back to the basics, I challenge you to, you know, to come forward and stand up here. And then um, once we've gone through and had a chance to pee everybody who wants to respond, to respond, then, then we're going to pray together. We're going to pray as a group and, and pray over those who want to recommit their lives to getting back to the basics of life. Because again, I think that by doing so, what happens is that not only are we better tools to
to share Christ's love is that it, it not only makes us better, it makes our families better, it makes our church better, and it makes our community better. If it makes our community better, it makes our state better, it makes our state better, it makes our nation better, it makes our nation better, it makes our world better, right? So it starts right here. You want a better world? Start right here, right? So you guys, if you go ahead and stand, if you will, and you can, you can sing along uh, as we sing through this song. But, but again, if, if you'd like to come forward for prayer and say, hey, you know what, I'm getting back to the basics of life, I invite you as we sing to just come forward right here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray as your spirit moves among us today that that we will be inspired to give ourselves back to you, to get back to the basics of life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.